Hi, I'm Bunny Michael. Welcome to the very first episode of EXO Higher Self, my first podcast. I've been waiting to utilize this podcast medium for a really long time, so I am so excited to be here with you finally. First off, I want to speak on the timing of this podcast launch. This is being recorded on Friday, June 5th, 11 days after the murder of George Floyd by four Minneapolis police officers. The country is experiencing a national uprising against police brutality and systematic racism that has devalued Black life in America. At the moment, many of our cities are enforcing curfews, so police are inflicting more state-sanctioned violence on peaceful citizens every day, right before our eyes. Also, because we're still suffering a pandemic, it's complicating process efforts and further endangering the Black and Brown communities that are disproportionately affected by the virus. We thought briefly about postponing this episode, the debut of the podcast. But it occurred to me that right now, and actually always, we each have a responsibility to give whatever we can, whatever money, whatever time, whatever resource or skill that we have, to empower all of us to continue this fight. I'm not going to claim that everything I do or say is going to make a difference, but the intention is that this podcast can and it might make a difference to somebody's life. I consider this work that I do something I have to contribute, and I see people sending in their questions and exposing their vulnerabilities as a way for them to contribute. The point of this podcast is to make a difference inside of yourself. At a time when we're all collectively grasping for ways to have more control on this grand scale, we still have our inner drama that we need to contend with. Every week, you'll be hearing questions sent in by listeners, and I'll be giving my answers. This is not an advice podcast where I speak as an expert or as an authority figure, you know, telling you how to live your life. My intention here is to help guide you to the wisdom you already have within you and to strengthen that relationship between you and your higher self. So now, without further ado, let's listen to our very first question. Hi, Bunny. Um, For your podcast, there is something that has been really weighing on me that I'd love for you to talk about. Um, And that's just competition between women and competition between women for a man or jealousy between women or bringing other women down. The idea that if you're not as beautiful as other women, then you're not as worthy or, you know, if your boyfriend breaks up with you and um, starts dating someone else, how our, some, some of us, our first instinct is, is she prettier than me? So I guess it's just um, how the patriarchy has ingrained this idea of beauty within us and with specific beauty standards and um, how women and femmes just kind of feel pitted against each other. You know, when I think about jealousy, I often notice that we tend to be jealous of people who are similar to us. Maybe they look similar or have the same career goals. Maybe they make similar art or are attracted to the same person. Because if we see them with something that we don't have and they're so much like us, it makes us feel like we're failing. We ask ourselves, why don't I have that? Why am I not there? 
Or if we're doing quote unquote better than this other person, we get like this ego boost at their failure to be where we are. (laughs) Why do we make enemies of people that we oftentimes relate to the most? The patriarchy is a system based on needing to be more and have more than other people. It's all about dominating space. And both men and women enforce it. Femmes bringing down other femmes is a form of patriarchy. But it's because we've been made to believe that there's only so much room for our success and happiness because we have to like compete for that space. I mean, not too long ago, competing over a man was essential to a woman's survival. Women needed husbands because they actually couldn't even work. And the way we looked, how close or how far away we were from Eurocentric beauty standards in our colonized culture was the determining factor. So it shouldn't be like a surprise that we're still vulnerable to this type of thinking. But now we are realizing this whole notion that there isn't enough space for all of us is just not true. It's not that there isn't enough space, it's that that space has been policed by those at the top. And when we lift our fellow femmes up, we break down that belief system. So the next time you feel jealousy towards someone, that person might actually make a really great friend because you have a lot in common. What would it feel like to reach out to them with some words of encouragement or admiration? Because truthfully, their success is actually bringing you closer to yours. Hey, Bunny. Thank you so much for taking everybody's questions. Um, I have a question for you. As somebody who uh, is, you know, has a family um, tendency to codependence, I spent most of my life trying to be working towards being an independent person, having my own voice, being self-reliant. And now I find myself in a relationship, uh, a very loving relationship, and my partner I love and uh, am living with. And there I find myself slipping back into codependent ways. And how do I maintain the level of independence that I've worked towards for so long and um, not without criticizing and belittling my partner's ways of loving me. I feel like my partner has codependent ways as well. And I know it's not my responsibility or um, my place in the world to tell my partner how to behave and what is best for them. But um, I would like a more independent way of loving. If you have any tips or um, anything, I'd love to hear it. Thanks, Bunny. Before I start, I just wanted to point out that the term codependent has had this like bad connotation in the self-help world, but codependency is necessary for a lot of people, whether it's because of disability or illness. So we have to be mindful that the term codependency in and of itself doesn't equal emotional immaturity. I just wanted to say that sometimes the term can be used in this very ableist way. So to your question, we want to be able to depend on our partners, right? The goal here is interdependence. One thing I noticed about what you said was that you overcame codependency when you were younger and now you really value your independence. 
And that's wonderful. I think that's really, really awesome that you were able to do that. But keep in mind, though, that your relationship to dependency is different than your partner's. For you, alone time has this even greater meaning. Not only is it important to your emotional and mental health, but you also see it as like the sign of the work you've done on your own healing. And you see your partner now as in the way of that. But your partner doesn't have the same past as you. You know, they don't have the same needs as you. So they're not going to understand yours unless you communicate them. We all show love and receive love in different ways. And a lot of times we misunderstand what our partner's needs are or what they're trying to communicate. For you, for example, the most loving thing your partner could do right now is give you that sacred alone time so that when you two do spend time together, you can actually be way more present with them. Tell your partner that it's not about wanting to not hang out with them. It's about staying healthy so you can be a better partner to them. You could even tell them like the sexiest thing they could do right now is to leave you alone sometimes. When you're more open about your needs, you can learn more about your partners. Who knows, maybe they actually have been sensing you're not communicating your needs and feel a distance from you even when you're in the same room. And the more open you are about your needs, the closer your partner will feel to you even when you're not in the same room. Just be mindful that you don't judge your partner's needs in terms of your own. It's not like their needs are less healthy than yours. Y'all are two separate people with different needs that love each other deeply, and you're just learning about each other on the journey of this relationship. Hi, Bunny. How can I work past the desire to have my allyship validated by people of color? First, I want to say a little bit about what it means to be an ally, because this word is being used a lot right now um, in our discussions with all of the protests and how we can show up and support Black lives. And I think I really wanted to point out that as a white or non-Black POC person, being an ally isn't something that you define for yourself. Because that title isn't about how you perceive yourself. It's about how you are perceived by the Black community. The idea that you would somehow know that you are doing enough and that's something that you are an expert at just doesn't make any sense. It's just another aspect of white supremacy. It's another aspect of entitlement over something that isn't yours. White supremacy is needing to have ownership of space, physical space, cultural space, emotional space, and spiritual space. And making this whole thing about whether or not you're an ally is just another form of needing to be special. It's just another way that you're trying to be absolved, that you're not part of the problem, and that you deserve some kind of pat on the back. But the whole point of this movement is that for once, it's not about you. It's been about you for so long. I think it's great that so many people like you and me want to grow and do better and are working really hard on that. But making allyship validation our goal 
can be dangerous because it makes it seem like you cross some finish line. And you can be like, see everyone, I'm an ally. I'm not like them. When in fact, there is no finish line. This work is a journey. We are in it for the long haul. And just like a spiritual practice, you never stop learning. You don't stop making mistakes. You can't suddenly not be racist because you're donating or marching. So rather than working towards that validation, just focus on doing the compassionate work and support. Focus on using your mind, your body, your soul, and your privilege to give back and to surrender your ownership. You're not going to get it right all the time, but you have to stay open to the fact that there will always be things about Black lives that you will not be able to understand. But staying humble in your work will keep you on the right path and will bring you more inner peace along the way. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hi, I'm thinking about compassion and the cycle of shame between me and myself um, that can sometimes feel like a pit. And I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on moving away from scarcity and into abundance um, and sending trust and cultivating trust um, to myself? And yeah, kind of just like this longer term, I think like commitment and like, like as if I'm growing a garden of trust between myself versus, um, kind of this scarcity mindset I've been taught of like, maybe I'll do better this time, but really I'm just messing up and really I'm just bad. Um, but you know, trusting my higher self. How do we trust our higher selves? Our higher self is the awareness of love within us. It's seeing the world through the lens of love, self-compassion, and compassion for others. It's really important to distinguish the difference between trusting ourselves, as in our thinking mind, and trusting our higher self. Rather than asking, how can I trust myself more? I would ask, how can I trust love more? How do I make a decision that's based on love? Because choosing love will always be the right answer. Sometimes it's an obvious decision, but a lot of times it's, it's not so easy to see. We're born with a natural gift to see love, but our culture has taught us so many fears and judgments that now we're in this process of unlearning. 
the biggest lie our culture has taught us is that we aren't worthy of love and care and that we have to earn it. So when we think about abundance, having a metaphor like growing your own garden can be a really powerful image, but I think that it can also be a tricky one because it can make you feel like if you're not accumulating more, you're not doing well. Abundance isn't about getting more. It's about realizing you're already enough. And it's from that place, that consciousness that gives you the power to not only make decisions based on your well-being, but also the wellness of humanity and the planet. And then you notice how much actually is attracted to you. Hi, um, my name is Sahar and I love you. I think you're really smart. And my question is, I do a lot of active work every single day. I meditate, I pray, I do a lot of things to keep my mental health up. And I consider myself a really grounded in reality kind of person. I know what's going on and I'm open to change and I understand that things do change but somehow still I can't seem to accept certain things or I get really really scared still about if I'm with someone and they might leave me if I think that they're doing better than me in their career that they might leave me for someone who is doing just as good as them and things of that sort what kind of advice would you have for someone who is doing a lot of work every day and still not there. Thanks. As people who are dedicated to doing this inner work, to learning about our higher selves, to doing the spiritual work or the loving work, sometimes we actually can be the most self-critical because we want to be better. We have the awareness that we aren't always doing, you know, what a part of us knows Maybe we should be doing. But a lot of times we forget that we're human. And the most important aspect of this work is to just stop judging ourselves. Only from that place are we actually empowered. The same voice that says you're not good enough by societal standards is the same voice that says you're not advanced enough in your spiritual work. Our egos hide under many masks. And the mass of the seeker or the conscious person or the spiritual person is really common. Being present with where you are now is the sweet spot. Total acceptance of the moment. Yeah, so you're having some insecure thoughts. Okay, that's normal. It's not who you are. I'm really happy that this relationship is showing you the places where you tend to be the most fearful. I mean, that's why relationships of all kinds are so healing. They are the teachers. And it's such a blessing that it's making you more conscious of those thoughts. I had a teacher of mine once who told me that love brings up everything that would fight against it. Your love for this person is teaching you how to better love yourself because you deserve to feel joy and to enjoy this relationship and to be proud of the person you are. Don't turn your desire to be healed into a weapon against you. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted questions. And for anyone else that's interested in submitting, just record a voice memo and email it to xohireself at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Instagram at exohigherself. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can give us financial support directly. We want to stay ad-free, and Patreon is an amazing tool to facilitate creative projects without corporate backing. Please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review if you feel moved to. We're very new at this and very open to feedback. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music by Michael Bahari. Until next week, I hope that everyone listening is safe, taking care of themselves and the people around them. Everyone needs to show up to this moment, so do whatever it takes for you to be there at your capacity, but always pushing to expand. I believe in you, and so does your higher self. Love you. Bye.